Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello there. Luke's English podcast is supported by donations from my listeners and also by my sponsors. The sponsor for this episode is italki. If you're looking for regular conversations, one-to-one lessons with uh, qualified teachers and native speakers, then look no further. italki is the perfect solution for you. Now the internet makes it possible to find one-to-one teachers really, really easily. And italki, I think it's probably the best platform for doing that. It's extremely well done. It's a very well-established service. Loads and loads of people all around the world are using it. And when you buy some talking time with a native speaker or teacher on italki, uh, they will send you a voucher for a free lesson. Uh, to get the offer, just go to teacherluke.co.uk slash talk or click an italki logo on my website. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, welcome back to Luke's English Podcast. This is part two of this mini-series I'm doing about BBC Dragon's Den, the TV show about entrepreneurs trying to raise finance for their business startups by going to meet the Dragons, a group of five business angels looking to make money by investing in interesting new business propositions. In part one of this, I did a long business ramble all about the different factors and considerations involved in an entrepreneur attempting to do an investment deal with a private equity investor a dragon in this case. That covered loads of vocab relating to loads of different areas of business and also laid the groundwork for this episode in which we're going to use a real pitch from an episode of Dragon's Den as a case study from which we can learn loads of English. Also, the story of this particular investment is particularly interesting and the negotiation takes an unexpected turn which creates more emotional drama than you might expect from a business meeting. So at the end of part one, the last episode, we listened to Kirsty Henshaw's original pitch. Let's listen to that again and break it down for language. And after that, we'll listen to the rest of the meeting in bits. We'll listen to the bit and then listen again and break it all down. And I think this should be a really good one. I hope you're listening carefully. Uh, We might be able to get all of this done in this episode. We will see. There are other Dragon's Den pitches that I'd like to do uh, too. So uh, I might add another episode with some other pitches as well. So perhaps this will be a three or four part series. Right. So let's listen to Kirsty Henshaw again. And remember my questions from before. I did answer these questions before, but just as a reminder, let's listen again. What are the questions? How much investment does she need? What equity stake is she offering in return? What exactly is the product? And why does she need the investment? Also, I'd like you to just consider whether or not you would invest in this if you were one of the dragons. 
And also, what questions would you like to ask next? What else do you think you need to know about this? Okay, so let's check out Kirsty Henshaw. Hi, I'm Kirsty. I'm 24 years old, and I'm here today asking for £65,000 for a 15% equity stake in my company, Worth Insures. Worth Insures produce healthy and innovative alternatives to ice cream. We currently have two brands on the market and five different products. All our products are low in fat and low in calories and are free from dairy, sugar, gluten, artificial additives, soya, cholesterol and nuts. My first product is Coconuca. Coconuca contains active manuka honey from New Zealand and Echinacea. It's ideal for sore throats, coughs and colds. My second range is Coconice. These are in three flavours, chocolate, strawberry and vanilla. The inspiration behind my range stems from my four-year-old child who has a serious nut allergy and is dairy intolerant. I began selling them four months ago nationally via a health food distribution company in the UK. I spoke to a lot of large retailers and have gained a considerable amount of interest. I'd also like to, oh well basically I'd like to use your investment to help raise brand awareness with marketing and PR and also buy stock. Thank you. Can we try some? Yes, certainly. Okay, so that's Kirsty Henshaw's pitch. I think, generally, it's a very good pitch. I think she sounded a bit nervous at the beginning. You might have heard that she had a sort of a dry mouth, which is quite normal when you're nervous in that situation. But she seemed to get it under control. And by the end of the short presentation, she seemed to be quite comfortable and relaxed. And I think she gave them lots of really good information, key things, which are probably going to be very interesting uh, for them in terms of the investment. Um All right, so let's go back through that and uh, break it down. Also, I was going to say that she kind of, she's obviously uh, young, right? I think she's 24. I don't know if she said that yet. Uh, Maybe she says that later. Uh, She's 24 years old. She sounds quite young. You know, she sounds almost like a young girl really presenting this business. I don't know if that affects your sort of thinking about it. Does that, is that a good thing or a bad thing that she seems quite sort of uh, inexperienced? Um, does it matter? Ultimately, it's all about the business and certain concrete things that as an investor you're looking for, like the clear potential for you getting an immediate return on your investment. So you're looking for things like decent financial um, figures, right? So you need all of the um, sales turnover for the last three years, costs and all that stuff, and projected figures. Um, And uh, maybe things like potential... Uh, manufacturing deals or retail deals that are already in the pipeline, those are really good signs. You know, we need things to be almost ready to to, to go. Um, and, a, and a product that is sound, a product that maybe fits a gap in the market and that is sort of bona fide, you know, that is a, a genuine, the real deal. Um, anyway, let's listen. Hi, I'm Kirsty. I'm 24 years old and I'm here today asking for £65,000 for a 15% equity stake in my company Worth Insures. Okay, I mean, that's fine. I mean, she says hi at the beginning, which is quite normal in sort of business situations. You might be fairly informal. They probably use first names in this situation. So just saying hi at the beginning is fine. Um, what, £65,000 is what she needs and she's offering 15%. Worthingshaws produce healthy and innovative alternatives to ice cream. Worthingshaws produce healthy and innovative 
alternatives to ice cream. Can you say that? Worthing Shores produce healthy and innovative alternatives to ice cream. We currently have two brands on the market. We currently have two brands on the market, so I guess that's two sort of versions of their dessert. And five different products. Right. All our products are low in fat and low in calories. Nice language here, like low in fat, low in calories, which is one way of saying, you know, it's one way of describing uh, the content of food. It's low in fat and low in calories. And are free from dairy, sugar, gluten. And free from is another one. So in this case, free from dairy, sugar and gluten. Uh, Dairy, do you know what that is? Do you know what that refers to? It's stuff like anything used, uh, made using milk. So milk and yogurt, cream, uh, cheese, all those things are dairy products. So this is free from what? Artificial low in calories and are free from dairy, sugar, gluten, artificial additives, soya, cholesterol and nuts. Artificial additives, soya, cholesterol and nuts. Um, I think we know what most of those things are. Just let me clarify gluten. Uh, Gluten is a family of proteins found in grains like wheat, rye, spelt and and barley. So um, gluten containing grains. So it's stuff that comes from like uh, cereals, grains and things like that. You know, some people are gluten intolerant. So this is free from gluten and nuts and artificial additives. Okay, so there's what is in it, though? Um, This sounds great. It's free from all these things. But um, what's actually in it? Maybe we'll find out later. Let's see. My first product is Coconuka. Right. Coconuka is the first one. Why is it called Coconuka? Coconuka contains active manuka honey from New Zealand. It contains active manuka honey from New Zealand. I don't know if you know what manuka honey is. In the UK, um, there's quite a big market for manuka honey. I don't know if it's the same around the world. Um, oh, what is it? I mean, it's basically it's a type of honey which comes from New Zealand. It's produced by bees who pollinate the flower Leptospermum scoparium commonly known as the manuka bush. And manuka honey's antibacterial properties are what set it apart from traditional honey. So it's got special antibacterial properties, okay? Now, I don't know if just sticking it in any food is just naturally good for you. I don't know how it's supposed to be administered, but apparently it's a good thing. It's associated with things like health food shops. So there it is. There's active manuka honey from New Zealand. And what else? Nekinate is Coconuka. Coconuka contains active manuka honey from New Zealand, Nekinacea. And Echinacea. Echinacea, Echinacea. Um, basically, this is a kind of, is it a herb? It's a, uh, it's a kind of flower. And um, what does it do? It's a popular herb. Okay. I think it comes from a certain kind of flower. And... Um, it's popular herb. Commonly, people take it to to help combat flu and colds. It's a genus of herbaceous flowering plants in the daisy family. Okay, so it's like a kind of daisy, uh, but people take it to try and ward off the uh, effects of a cold or flu. Okay, it's helped to, supposed to help you not get flu or a cold. Okay, so there you go. Echinacea honey, uh, uh, manuka honey and echinacea. It's ideal for sore throats, coughs and colds. It's ideal for sore throats, coughs and colds, which um, I find surprising considering it's a frozen dessert. 
I mean, if you've got like sore throats, coughs and colds, maybe. I mean, you know, when I've had tonsillitis in the past, ice cream has been something that I was able to eat. So I don't know if putting echinacea and manuka honey into the ice cream, it's antibacterial ice cream. That would be, that's actually not a bad idea. All right. My second range is coconut ice. These are in three flavours, chocolate, strawberry and vanilla. The inspiration behind my range stems from my four-year-old child who has a serious nut allergy. The inspiration from for her range stems from her four-year-old child who has a serious nut allergy. So I suppose uh, if her son's got a nut allergy, she's had to be very careful about what food she gives to him. So this is obviously the inspiration for these products. And is dairy intolerant. And he's dairy intolerant too. So she's, I suppose as a mum, she's had to search the market for dairy-free ice creams. And I imagine she's discovered that there aren't many. Maybe she started to make her own. And that's how this all got started, possibly. I began selling them four months ago nationally via a health food distribution company in the UK. I spoke to a lot of large retailers and have gained a considerable amount of interest. That's good. I've spoken to a lot of large retailers and I've gained a considerable amount of interest. Those are good words. And so all the dragons will be thinking, large retailer, which large retailer? I'd also like to, oh, well, basically I'd like to use your investment to help raise brand awareness. Right. That's clear, isn't it? She wants to use the investment to help raise brand awareness. When was the last time you used the word raise and raise awareness to be specific? When was the last time you used all of the language that you learn uh, when you learn it. Uh, it's it's important to kind of recognise the gap between your sort of daily English and the English that we're trying to stick into your head here. You know, you've got to try and sort of uh, expand your horizons with your vocab sometimes. So she wants to raise awareness uh, through marketing, I suppose. With marketing and PR. Oh, yes. I mean, it's not almost like I've seen this video before, isn't it? And also buy stock. And also buy stock. Okay. Thank you. Can we try some? Can we try some, said James Kahn. Can we try some? So they'd obviously like to taste it. Okay, then. Yes, certainly. A confident pitch by Kirsty Henshaw from Preston. She needs £65,000 to help grow her range of healthy frozen desserts and is willing to give away 15%. So what do you think then, guys? What do you think of this uh, as, a, as a business proposition? Uh, where do you stand on uh, Kirsty Henshaw and her? Is it what was it called? Worthing Shores, is that the name of the um, the product? Anyway, these frozen desserts. What do you reckon? What are you thinking? Would you like to invest? Now, again, this is not a question of whether you would actually like to buy uh, a frozen dessert with all of those things taken out. Maybe that doesn't interest you. But do you think this is a viable business? Can you imagine that this business would make money? I think that there is definitely a gap in the market that sort of dairy-free and healthy alternatives to ice cream. And we've got frozen yogurt, but that's dairy. So, you know, there is maybe a little gap in the market there. Um, and I think this sort of thing is becoming more and more popular. Um, and it, it looks good, I think. It looks good. But we need to know, I suppose that whenever I do this in class, this particular video, there's always people who um, will ask questions about the ingredients so what people probably would like to know is what is it? What's what's it actually made of? If there's no fat, no dairy, n- like nothing, all the things, low sugar, I mean, no fat, what does it taste of? Is it actually any good? This is maybe the key thing. Um, so 
what we're going to do now is listen to a clip where Peter Jones starts to ask some questions. And I'd like you to try and basically find the answers to these questions. So um, it, it it's, is it more like frozen yogurt than frozen ice cream? How much has it cost so far? So basically, how much has Kirsty spent on this so far? Uh, we need to know how many units she's sold. Okay. Um, and does she have any forecasts in the first year? So what's her basically a pro- projected sales figures for the first year? Okay. All right, then. Let's listen to that little exchange. Peter Jones is first to interrogate the young mum. Kirsty. Hi, I'm Peter. Hi, Peter. Um, it doesn't really taste of ice cream. It tastes more like frozen yoghurt. Is that fair or is that um, unfair? Well, when I designed them, I, didn't, I wasn't trying to replicate ice cream. I just thought that I wanted to do something similar, but it was a healthy option. So I wasn't really trying to liken it to ice cream. It just kind of happened in that way. Cause so that's no, why it's called a frozen dessert? Yeah, there's no dairy in it, see, so I couldn't call it ice cream. OK. And how much money have you invested? How much does it cost you to set this up? It's cost me so far about 20000 to get to market with everything. And how many have you sold? I've sold 2,500 units so far. But I went to a big meeting with a large supermarket about a month ago um, and they, were, they said it was like completely unique and that thankfully some of their staff had heard about it through the website and they wanted it for their children or something. And have you got any forecasts, any idea of what you're going to do in the first year? 300,000 units. I know I've only sold two and a half thousand, but I'm starting to get into bigger places now with it. Okay, then. Right. So answers to those questions. So, you know, is it more like a frozen yogurt? Is it fair to say that it's less like an ice cream, more like a yogurt? And she said that she wanted a healthy option similar to ice cream, but there's no dairy. And that's uh, that's why it's a frozen dessert. It's actually called a frozen dessert. So it's not frozen yogurt, not frozen. It's not ice cream. It's a frozen dessert. Um, just a healthier option. How much has it cost so far? She spent £20,000 on this so far. That is, that's a lot. I mean, she sold some units, but uh, it's only a fraction of what she's actually put into the business so far. This is, this is a big uh, investment that she's put into it already. And if she's a young mum, she, apparently she's a part-time barmaid, that is a big commitment to put that much money into it. How many units has she sold? She sold, she said, two and a half thousand units, which is another way of saying 2,500 units. There's lots of ways you could say that. You could say 2.5 thousand units, would be a bit weird, two and a half thousand units, 2,500 units, uh, 2,500 units, so a few different ways of saying it. Um, and she adds also that she went to a big meeting with a large supermarket. It's completely unique. That's what they said. They really liked the product. They said it's completely unique. And luckily, some of the staff had heard about it before. Uh, Peter asks about her forecasts for the first year. 300,000 units because she's starting to get into bigger places now. I don't think I need to um, to go back through that, really. I don't think it's necessary to listen again and break it down. I think we can just press on and keep going. So we're going to hear, let's see. All right, let's hear from Duncan Bannatyne first, and then James Kahn. And they're asking about the ingredients, really. So here are the questions. How healthy is it? How much fat is in it? That's Duncan's, those are Duncan's questions. And then James Kahn says, what are the ingredients? Okay, so how much fat's in it? What are the ingredients? 
Um, see if you can find out. Here we go. A quick fire exchange, but one that Kirsty handled smoothly. Former ice cream seller Duncan Bannatine wants more detail about the product itself. How healthy is this? How much fat is in this? It doesn't actually give percentages. Sorry, it does on the larger tubs. It's more broken down. It's um, less than 3% fat are in all of them. Um, and there's, there's no sugar in any of them. So the carbohydrates and the sugars are quite low, but it's from the fruit extracts. But it's a, it's a good form of sugar, really. Kirsty, it says what it doesn't have. So what are the ingredients in this? Um, it's made with brown rice milk. I chose this because soya is not great for children and um, rice milk, it's a very good digestive enzyme, brown rice. Um, the fat I use is organic virgin coconut oil that I personally believe is the best fat to use in a product and the sweetened with um, extracts of apple, carob and grape. Kirsty's clearly researched her product well. OK, Kirsty's clearly researched her product well. Yeah, she made it. So, you know, you'd imagine she'd know about it. But anyway... So, Duncan Bannatine, how healthy is it? How much fat's in it? She says, there's less than 3% fat in all of them. Uh, there's no sugar in any of them. The carbohydrates in there, the sweet uh, flavour, I suppose, uh, comes from the fruit extracts. So, this is a good form of sugar. It's kind of like natural source of sugar rather than added sugar. James Kahn then asks uh, what the ingredients are. And uh, she says, it's made from brown rice milk. So, you know, you can make milk now from like all sorts of other things that normally you don't use to make milk. So there's like all sorts of, there's like soya milk, milk made from different types of nut and then brown rice milk. I wonder how they make that. I'm not sure. Maybe they, they turn the rice into a powder and then add water to it or I don't know. It's pretty clever what they can do is they get, they get very close to making milk and in some cases it's kind of healthier and things like that. So she, she's made it using brown rice milk because apparently soya isn't great for children. I don't know why that would be the case. Soya, I'm going to Google this, is soya bad for children? Okay, and we'll see what we get. Soy milk in moderation is a good alternative for children over a year old who drink, don't drink milk. La la la. How some children are allergic to the protein in soy, although most children eventually outgrow a soy allergy, it may persist into adulthood. Um, I don't see much stuff about soy and children's health. Um, anything else? Quickly, quickly, quickly. Um, worries that the uh, okay, basically stuff about estrogen levels, but research hasn't shown an impact on testosterone. There's actually evidence that girls who eat soy as a teen and young adult may have a lower risk of breast cancer in later life. I don't know. I'm not getting like overwhelming levels of research and commentary on on the dangers of soy for children, but she says that soya isn't great for children. Uh, and she says that brown rice milk is a good digestive enzyme. I don't know if this is all genuine science or if this is kind of pseudoscience that she's coming out with. All of these things like, you know, the echinacea and the manuka honey and the r brown rice milk with its good digestive enzymes. Maybe it's true. What is a digestive enzyme anyway? And do you, do you get your digestive enzymes from the food that you eat? Doesn't your body already have digestive enzymes in it? I don't know. But so this might all just be sort of woo woo um, uh, sort of um, quackery that she's coming out with here. Or maybe it's all true. I don't know. But um, often you get that sort of thing, don't you, with with uh, these sorts of products. Uh, she said the fat is organic virgin coconut oil, um, which I mean, I've 
you know, having sort of bought uh, coconut oil in the past and used it in the kitchen, I can say it is really good. And apparently it's it's a sort of a healthier alternative to using other types of oil. Uh, and it's sweetened with extract of apple, carob. Carob is a kind of fruit that I've never heard of before. And grape, okay? So that's how it's sweetened. So, I mean, it all seems to stack up rather well. As, um, what's his name? Evan Davies just said that she has researched her product very well. So how does it stand the, uh, at this point, ladies and gentlemen? Are you convinced at this stage? Um, I mean, there's, I can't really think of many bad points yet about this business. I think this is looking really good, I must say. I don't, I mean, it sounds pretty solid, don't you think? Maybe just that, again, the product, the ingredients, what does it taste like? This, I think, is maybe the, the linchpin, because a lot of other things seem to have been taken care of, like she's she's got her range of products, she's got the names for it all, um, she also has contact with certain retailers, we're going to find out about that. So, I think it's looking good. Uh, we need to know about this this deal with the, this retailer, though, don't we? Right? Because she said she had some kind of deal where they were interested um, so let's see about that. Um, so we're now going to listen to, um, let's see, how much are we going to listen to here? I do, do I need to break down the last thing? I don't think I do, again. I, I will do some breaking down of stuff in a bit, though, because at the moment I'm just letting, letting you listen and then explain. I'll, bre- I'll do some more breaking down in a second. Um, the next section, I think. So Deborah Meaden and Theopafetis and maybe James Kahn's question as well. I think, no, we'll just have Theopafetus and Deborah Meaden's questions now. And they're going to ask about the supermarket uh, and the details of uh, the what's going on with the supermarket. Okay, right, here we go. Now, Deborah Meaden wants to know more about her business plan. This big supermarket that you've talked about, yeah. how far are you down the track with them? Is it something they've said they would range? And if so, how many do they think they're going to sell? They said... They look at putting it into minimum 400 stores from September when they do the refresh. So what does looking at, look at putting it in mean? Are they committed to doing that? I haven't got it in figures, but he said to me at least 350, 400 stores of the bigger ones to trial it. Kirsty, I'm going to ask you who the supermarket is. OK. Who is it? A Tesco. You are talking to the Goliath of supermarkets... Yeah. This is huge. And did they give you... Surely they must have asked you whether you could produce in the right volume. Yeah. And what did you say? I said, yeah, because I've been to meet with the... Well, I've spoken to the manager of the, the biggest ice cream manufacturers. Well, they've got the facility to make it, no problem. Um, and they, if we can get the volume, then they're happy to make it. No problem at all. Yeah. The dragons are warming to the young entrepreneur. Okay. Now, I don't know if you could hear from just the audio there, the way the atmosphere in the room changed at this point. So it's quite clear when you're watching the video because of the body language that you can see. I'm going to describe what happens. So I'll just give you the answers to those questions and then we're going to break that down again. Okay. So uh, Deborah Meaden 
said, how far are you down the track with the supermarket? And it's looking pretty good. Uh, The supermarket said they would uh, do a minimum of 400 stores from September when they do their refresh. So that means putting uh, Kirsty's products in a minimum of 400 stores. Um, And Deborah said, are they committed? And um, Kirsty said, well, they said at least 350 to 400 stores. That's not a minimum of 400. But anyway, it sounds like the right amount to trial it. Okay. Theo then asks the big question on everyone's lips. This has been the elephant in the room for the whole time, which is which supermarket is it? Now, if you know anything about supermarkets or retail in the UK, then you must know about our supermarkets. You know, which what are the most famous supermarkets in the UK? We've obviously got Marks and Spencer. We've got like upmarket ones like Waitrose. There's Aldi and Lidl, of course, like in many other places. And we have Sainsbury's. Um, and the big one, though, the, 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 the king of the castle uh, is Tesco. Tesco is maybe the biggest, one of the biggest retail companies in the country. Huge, um, a huge powerhouse in retail. And I think Tesco has got stores in other countries. Don't you have Tesco in, in Poland? I think so. Anyway, Tesco in the UK is, is huge. It's the Goliath of, of the supermarkets. So Theo is like, so uh, which supermarket? She just drops the bomb on them and says it's Tesco. And the, uh, there's a sort of pause in the air and you can see them all. It's like the dollar signs start to flash in their eyes slightly. And um, the body language is very interesting because Theo Pephesus immediately sits forward and you can, he sort of straightens out his tie and he <laughs> catches his breath. And you can hear at one point that he's, he's got like a... Um, I don't know, he's got to clear his throat when he's speaking. He's clearly quite moved by the fact that Tesco is the supermarket. And he says, you know, they must have asked you whether you could produce in the right volume. And she says, yes. And what did you say? And she said, yes, because I've spoken to the manager of the biggest ice cream manufacturers and they can make it no problem if we get the order. Oh, my God. So not only has she got a great order from Tesco, uh, she's also got the go-ahead from a, an ice cream manufacturer, the biggest ice cream manufacturer in the country, and they said, yeah, we can make this no problem as long as you get the order. Everything's in place. And that's when the atmosphere shifts because they suddenly all start to sort of smell blood, you know, um, and they can feel the, the, they can smell the money. And uh, there's definitely a shift in the atmosphere. Let's go back and um, break that down. Kirsty's clearly researched her product well. Now, Deborah Meaden wants to know more about her business plan. This big supermarket that you've talked about, yeah. how far are you down the track with them? Is- how far are you down the track? It's quite a nice expression, to go down the track and to be f- how far down the track. A track like the train tracks, meaning uh, to what extent have you made progress? Uh, what position are you in now? How far are you down the track with them? Is it something they've said they would range? And if so, how many do they think they're going to sell? Is it something they would range? We talk about ranges of products and to range something would be to like, you know, put something on the shelves, basically. They said they look at putting it into minimum 400 stores from September when they do the refresh. So what does looking look at putting it in mean? Are they committed to doing that? I haven't got it in figures, but he said to me at least 350, 400 stores of the bigger ones to trial it. 
Okay, it sounds it all sounds good. 350 to 400 of the bigger stores to trial it. Trial something is to like to test something out. You know, like with, you know, a company like Audible, you get a 30-day free trial where you can test the thing out for a while for a limited period and see how it goes. So in this case, they're talking about trialing her products in about, you know, 400 stores, which is good. It's good a good sign. Kirsty, I'm going to ask you who the supermarket is. And he's like, Theo at this point is like sort of licking his lips in anticipation. Genuinely, he's like, I'm going to ask you who the supermarket is. Lick. He licks his lips. Please let it be Tesco. Okay. Who is it? He's like, tell me, tell me, who is it? She's just Tesco. She drops the bomb on him. Tesco. And (laughs) so at this point, Peter Jones completely drops character. You should see the expression on his face. He, He immediately breaks out into a big smile. A big toothy grin at the prospect of Tesco. And then when he realises that he's grinning, he immediately sort of like goes back to normal face. Like, be serious. He's like, oh, Tesco. Oh, be serious. I'm a serious businessman. Market is. Okay. Who is it? Tesco. You are talking (laughs) to the Goliath of supermarkets. The Goliath of supermarkets. The expression Goliath... Uh, is a character from the Bible. There's the story of David and Goliath. And uh, Goliath is this huge giant. He's like very, very powerful and dangerous. And Goliath is just a poor shepherd. And uh, David ends up facing off against the Goliath. And he uses a slingshot to take the Goliath down in the end. But the, the Goliath is like basically this huge, you know, dangerous and powerful thing. So Tesco's is the Goliath of, of retail. Yeah. This is huge. And did they give you... Surely they must have asked you whether you could produce in the right volume. You see his voice going a little bit there as he leans forward, straightening his tie. They must have asked you whether you could produce in the right volume. Yeah. And what did you say? I said, yeah, because I've been to meet with the... Well, I've spoken to the manager of the biggest ice cream manufacturers. <laughs> James Garn's looking at her like... He looks like Dracula at this point. He's like, honestly, the way they're all staring at her at this point, they, you know, it's like they're going to jump on her uh, because um, it does sound good from a business point of view, it has to be said. Whether or not you like the product, I think it does sound very good. So they've got the facility to make it, no problem. Um, and they, if we can get the volume, then they're happy to make it. No problem at all. Yeah. The dragons are warming to the young entrepreneur. Okay, the dragons are warming to the young entrepreneur. You need to warm to someone. Meaning, to, you know, you gradually start to like them. You start to accept them, to warm to someone. You know, like, um, you know, when you, when you start a new job, it's a bit weird at first, but gradually everyone, you know, you warm to everyone. Uh, James Kahn then comes in with more questions about Tesco's. Do you have any idea what Tesco's potentially could order? How many? So we'd now get into the numbers and there's a lot of maths going on. See if you can keep up. How many, how many um, in each case? If they sold one case per week, per, they're, all right. how many in each case? There's 12 in each case. If they sold one case per week per store, that's 400 cases, right? So how much do you make per unit? It's just over one pound. So 4,000 per week is what you'd make. That's 200,000 a year not including my current suppliers, 
All right, so I'm just reading through what they're going to say. I'm just going to let you listen to the next section. Okay, here we go. But what of her business now? James Khan wants to know. Kirsty, do you have any idea what Tesco's potentially could order? I know, I know that they'd order at least four cases of each flavour for each store to start with. How many in a case? Uh, Twelve. Well, let's say even if they sold one case per week per store. Yeah. What's that? It's 400 cases. One case per week per store, because let's say 400 stores, is 400 cases. Okay. How much do you make per unit? Per unit on those ones, just over a pound. Just over a pound per unit. I mean, uh, some numbers being crunched here, here in the head. So 4,000 a week is what you would make. Yeah. Which is... 4,000 a week is what she would make. How's that? How, how, how? I don't know how he's worked that out. Oh, damn. I used to know how he worked this out. Hold on. Let's go back. Let's go back a little bit. Make pay. Yeah. Well, let's say even if they sell... Over for each store to start with. How many in a case? Uh, 12. 12 in each case and four. Oh, so even confused. if they sold one case per week per store. Yeah. What's that? It's 400 cases. How much do you make per unit? Per unit on those ones, just over a pound. Okay, so if it's, if it's 12 in each case, he's rounding it down, I, I would say. He's rounding this down to basically 10 pounds per case across 400 stores which makes £4,000. I think that's right. He's rounded it down. She says £12, but... Uh, sorry, 12 items per case, but he's rounding that down to 10 just to sort of, you know, just keep things uh, approximate. So 4000 a week is what you would make. Yeah. Which is... How much is that? It's £200,000 a year. £4,000 a week is £200,000 a year. Okay, well done, James. Good maths in the head there. You've got to have a, a head for figures if you're going to go into business. That's not including my current suppliers that I'm with at the moment. So £200,000 in a year, not including the, the deal she's already got with her current suppliers, which could turn into about 100000 So we're looking at about 300000 What did you forecast your profit in year one? 300000 Right, so she forecasted her profit in year one as 300000 So this looks pretty good like her forecast seems pretty accurate how does james say that that basically the 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 figures seem accurate her forecast seems to be uh pretty reliable because that tells me that that year one forecast is not a million miles out it's not a million miles out it's not a million miles out meaning it's in the right area it's not a million miles away it's quite close to uh what she predicted it's not a million miles out it's just another way of saying it's near it's close it's got some substance around it i think so it's got some substance around it if something has substance to it it means it's it's it it's it's good it's got value and in the case of a prediction uh that prediction has substance meaning it is it is of of it's good quality oh yeah okay and tell me what's your background uh, after school i'm not i'm not best at academia i'm not particularly good at that but i went to uni Okay, so this is when they start going into her background story, all right? So I'm just going to let this bit play out, all right? Um, I'll let you just listen and, uh, you know, try and follow it. Um, And please do listen carefully, okay? Because there are going to be a couple of moments of silence, 
And I'm leaving those in on purpose. But if you're not listening carefully, you'll suddenly notice silence and you'll think, hey, what's going on? So I'm saying now there will be a bit of silence, but it's there for a reason. And it's all part of what happened uh, in this next part of this meeting. So basically, what's your background is the question. Okay. And tell me, what's your background? Uh, After school, I'm not not best at academia. I'm not particularly good at that. But I went to uni two and a half years ago. Um, to do a sports therapy degree but I was I had to leave because this business came about and I just I really believed in it and my mind was on these Kirsty's passion is clear but she has yet to receive an offer is Theo Pafitis prepared to put up the £65,000 she badly needs Kirsty tell me who's Worthenshaw's I'm Henshaw and my boyfriend is Worthington, and if he ever wants to marry me, then I'll be a Worthington. <laughs> <laughs> right, actually, I think I'm going to have to back up a little bit here because the, just those two exchanges, I think, need a bit of clarification. Hold on. So James Khan again asks her about her background. So let's just break this bit down before we carry on. OK. And tell me, what's your background? Uh, after school, I'm not, I'm not best at academia. I'm not best at academia, meaning I'm not very good at studies, not, she's not a good student. She's not very good at academia. Um, I'm not particularly good at that, but I went to uni. I went to uni. Obviously, uni means university. And she did a sports therapy degree, sports therapy degree. Two and a half years ago um, to do a sports therapy degree. But See, a sports therapy degree, sports therapy degree, a sports therapy degree. But what happened? I was, I had to leave because this business came about and I just, I really believed in it and my mind was on these. So she, she had to leave. So she dropped out of university uh, because this business was on her mind and she had to do it. And then what, since then it's cost her £20,000. So she's put a hell of a lot. She's, she's devoted so much to this, dropping out of university and she's got a son, right? She's got a young boy. Okay. Um, then we have the question about the name, because the product is called Worthingshaws. And Worthingshaw sounds like a name. It sounds like a sort of old-fashioned family name, maybe from the north of England. It sounds like a name that's got some history to it. I don't know if you get that feeling from it, but certainly to sort of English people, Worthingshaws. Sounds like maybe an old family that has been baking bread for generations since the kind of pre-industrial you know just since the industrial era or something Worthingshaws the you know the pride of Yorkshire that sort of thing um so Worthingshaws does have a certain sound to it so the name of the product is Worthingshaws but why is it called Worthingshaws? Kirsty's passion is clear but she has yet to receive an offer is Theo Pafitis prepared to put up the £65,000 she badly needs? Kirsty tell me Who's Worthingshaws? I'm Henshaw. And my boyfriend is Worthington, and if he ever wants to marry me, then I'll be a Worthington. <laughs> <laughs> Have you asked him? No, not yet. We've not been together very long, but... <laughs> right, so, what? She's, a, uh, she's Henshaw, and her boyfriend is Worthington, right? And if he ever wants to marry her, then she will be... Uh, what? Hold on. Then she'll be a Worthington. I don't know. It's basically Worthingshaws is a mix between uh, her name and her boyfriend's name. And I, what if they, but uh, um, 
Kirsty, that's not what happens when you get married. You don't mix the names together. It's a nice joke. Is that the joke she made? Uh-huh. And if you ever want, I'm Henshaw. And my boyfriend is Worthington, and if he ever wants to marry me, then I'll be a Worthington. <laughs> All right, so if he ever wants to marry, I'll be a Worthington. But she's mixed the two names together to make Worthingshaws, and because uh, it sounds like... I think she says, I wanted it to sound like it's been around for a while, right? If something has been around for a while, it means it's kind of old. So she wanted something with that sort of old-fashioned, sort of traditional sort of flavour to it. She wanted something that sounds like it's been around for a while. have you asked him no not yet we've not been together very long but (laughs) but you put his name on on it i I didn't want it just henshaws i just i wanted to make it a bit more sound a bit more like it's been around for a while rather than something new but it works okay kirsty i'm gonna ask you another question have you really done all this on your own yeah how do you live how do you invest the money in this I just worked like two, two and a half jobs at a time. How uh, many? <clears throat> well, two jobs and then I had a, a bit of a night job as well. I was self-employed. You had two jobs and a bit of a night job as well? And my little boy, yeah. I don't, and your boy? I don't know how he puts up with me, really, but, yeah. You're pretty amazing, aren't you? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Sorry. This has been really tough for you, hasn't it? Just because I do it all for my little boy and I just want him to have a good life. I've got to be honest with you. I am finding it really, really difficult to actually take on board what you've achieved. It's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I am totally blown away by it. That's all I can say. And I'm going to make you an offer. Now, you've come in and asked for £65,000 for 15%. Mm hmm. But I want 40%. And I'll explain to you why. Okay. Because I'm not going to give you £65,000. I'm going to give you £100,000. Because that's what I believe will be required to get this business off the ground and have the best chance of being successful. Okay, thank you for your offer. Emotions in the den are running high. But heads rule hearts with these dragons, and Theo Pafitis wants a much larger piece of Kirsty's company than originally on offer. De- okay. Woo, things are getting emotional in the den. So, did you follow what was going on there? So, we were talking again about Kirsty's background story, and Theo is trying to understand um, kind of what Kirsty has achieved. And he starts saying things like, you know, you're amazing, aren't you? Let's let's just go through that exchange here. I've got some notes here, which you'll find on the website. Um, so he said, have you really done all this on your own? Uh, how, you know, how do you invest the money in this? And she's been working two jobs and a bit of a night job, right? Two jobs, a bit of a night job. So that's two and a half jobs. A night job is when you obviously work at night. Uh, 
and her little boy. And he says, you're pretty amazing, aren't you? And she says, no, not really, which is very touching. It's like very, very sweet the way she's sort of, you know, very uh, modest and she's sort of selflessly doing all of this for, for her son. I mean, it makes, it, it makes me well up. Like it, literally every time I show this clip to a class full of students in an English lesson, and I'm going through all this stuff, you know, all the language and everything. Every time I go through all this stuff and this moment comes in the video, I start welling up. I just cannot help it. She's just been selflessly devoting herself to trying to uh, uh, provide for her little boy. Um, and um, he's, and Thea, and she starts crying at that point. Um, the emotions uh, become too much for her. And there, it's a very touching moment. She's standing there. Uh, trying to compose herself and the dragons suddenly realize kind of quite how emotionally invested she is in this in terms of her life and it's it's quite moving you know they're 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 being serious it's switched from being a serious business meeting to suddenly something very emotional and theo says this has been very tough for you hasn't it and she you know she says i do it all for my little boy i just want him to have a good life Oh dear! Even just reading that those notes, just it kind of gets me. Um, and Theo is going on about how I've got to be honest with you. I'm finding it really difficult to, to take on board what you've achieved. It's phenomenal. I'm totally blown away by it. He's saying all this stuff. You're amazing. I'm blown away by you. And then he makes her an offer, right? So he says, "You've come in here asking for sixty thousand for fifteen percent." So all this emotional stuff, and then he makes her this offer of. This weird offer. He wants 40%. So is that cold? Is he being really cold there? That, uh, you know, all the emotional stuff and, and then laying all this praise on her saying how brilliant she is. And then, but I want 40%. You know, it's kind of a bit like uh, uh, a bit sort of dark side, isn't it? Um, and then he says, I'll explain to you why, because I'm not going to give you 60,000. I'm going to give you 100,000 because that's what I believe you need to make this business successful. Let's just listen to that again and break it down for a moment. I had a, a bit of a night job as well. I was self-employed. You had two me. jobs and a bit of a night job as well. And my little boy, yeah. I don't, and your boy. I don't know how he puts up with me, really, but, yeah. I don't know how he puts up with me. To put up with something is to kind of tolerate something that's annoying you. Um right so if for example if they're doing work in the flat next door and there's lots of drilling and hammering all day there's nothing i can do about it i'm just going to i'm just going to have to put up with it so you might say that to a person that you live with like oh, i'm really sorry about yesterday i don't know how you put up with me sometimes i mean i don't know how you tolerate living with me so she's saying you know he says you do all this for your boy and she goes yeah i don't know how he puts up with me sometimes meaning um you know must be i suppose what she's meaning is that it's annoying that she's away working a lot so maybe that annoys him but she's being very modest yeah. you're pretty amazing aren't you <laughs> So this is this is where she she starts to try and get herself under control and she's sort of like uh, putting her hand in front of her face and, and things like that sorry while the dragons kind of stare at her this has been really tough for you hasn't it this has been really tough for you hasn't it this has been really tough for you hasn't it this has been really tough for you, hasn't it? Tough, obviously, meaning difficult. This has been really tough for you, hasn't it? 
This has been really tough for you, hasn't it? <laughs> just because I do it all for my little boy and I just want him to have a good life. <laughs> I've got to be honest with you, I I'm finding it really, really difficult to actually take on board what you've achieved. I'm finding it really difficult to actually take on board what you've achieved. To take something on board, on board would be like on board a ship, to take something on board a ship, but in this case we mean take on board like, you know, mentally, uh, meaning I can't really understand it or, or comprehend it or accept it. It's like really difficult to understand or comprehend. Uh, I can't, you know, I can't really comprehend what you've achieved. I'm finding it really difficult to take on board what you've achieved. To actually take on board what you've achieved. It's phenomenal. Phenomenal. It's a nice one. Amazing. Incredible. Phenomenal. P-H-E-N-O-M-E-N-A-L. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I am totally blown away by it. That's a nice one, isn't it? I'm totally blown away by it, meaning I'm amazed. That's all I can say. 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 And I'm going to make you an offer. Notice it's like, I'm going to make you an offer. Not, I'm going to make you an offer, but I'm going to make you an offer. Now, you've come in and asked for £65,000. So this is where Theo potentially goes all kind of gangster here and uh, cold-blooded Terminator and throws down this offer of 40% instead. For 15%. Mm-hmm. But I want 40%. And I'll explain to you why. Okay. Because I'm not going to give you £65,000. I'm going to give you £100,000 because that's what I believe will be required to get this business off the ground. So he's going to give her 100000 because that's what, he think, that's what he thinks is required to get the business off the ground. I think you can understand that, to launch the business, right? This is interesting. So first of all, 40% sounds kind of bad, but then he says, I'm going to give you 100000 So... What does this actually mean? What does this really mean? First of all, he's obviously she will lose 40% of her company, but she's getting um hmm. Okay, so if what was it? 65,000 is 15%. That's how she's valuing the company. We need to now work out the value of the company uh if it's 100,000 at 40 if 40% is 100,000. Just give me a second. Right, I'm trying to do some maths here, okay, to, to try and work out whether Theo's offer is actually any good. Now, first of all, there's the fact that she actually doesn't need £100,000, right? She's got a decent business plan. She needs 65000 She doesn't need 100000 So it's, it's kind of a bad offer, really. She doesn't need all that extra money, and it's kind of a way for him to just grab more of the company because he obviously thinks this company's going to make money. So it's just his, it's a power grab. He's going for this distracting technique, this strategy of, of, of uh, praising her, uh, flattering her, and then going in with this weird offer of offering her more. It's like sandwiching. You're amazing. You're phenomenal. Uh, £100,000. This is the bread. And in the middle of the sandwich is 40%. So it's like a bad sandwich that he's giving to her. 
I think. But I'm trying to work out the maths on it. So, hold on a minute. Uh, Based on her valuation, right, which is that 15% of her business is worth £65,000, right? 16%. uh, 15% is worth £65,000. 15% is a sixth of uh, the company, right? A sixth. So if we take 65,000 and multiply it by six, we will get the overall value of her company, which is 390,000 pounds. That's the overall value. If 15% is 65,000, 100% is 390,000. Okay. Now his version is uh, 40% for 100,000. That makes it based on his valuation, the company is worth less, 250,000. What does that mean? (laughs) What does that mean? um, Hold on a minute. Okay, it's still not really clear to me, but I need to compare the original thing she wants with Theo's offer. So what we need to do is scale down Theo's offer of uh, 40% for 100,000, scale that down to um, what 65,000 would be based on that model. So I need to do a bit of maths here. Hold on. Right, so I don't know how I've done this, but I've worked out that basically Theo is okay. So he is offering a hundred thousand, asking for forty percent. Right? If we scale that down, so if a hundred thousand was actually sixty-five thousand, what is the ratio going to be? So basically, if it was still sixty-five thousand with this offer, Theo would be claiming twenty-six percent. That's essentially it means. Uh, 40% for 100,000 is the same as um, 26% for 65,000, to put it in context. Do you see? All right, I don't know if that's confusing. Maybe it is. Uh, Let's carry on and see what happens next. And have the best chance of being successful. Okay, thank you for your offer. Emotions in the den are running high. But heads rule hearts with these dragons, and Theo Pafitis wants a much larger piece of Kirsty's company than originally on offer. Heads rule hearts with the dragons. So even though they're moved, they still are thinking about all the numbers. Deborah Meaden is now ready to declare her position. Kirsty, let me tell you who I am. I too think you've done a great job. Um, I think you've done a great job, clearly you know, against all odds, which is absolutely fantastic. But here's my blunt and honest truth to you. I'm not going to beat Theo's offer. And therefore, I'm not going to waste your time making you you. one. I hope that you're going to do very well out of this, Kirsty. But I'm afraid it's not going to be with me on board. So thank you very much. But I'm out. Thank you very much. Okay, so Deborah Meaden is out. Let's just listen to that little bit again to hear what she says exactly, and break it down. Deborah Meaden is now ready to declare her position. Kirsty, let me tell you who I am. Let me tell you where I am, which is how they always begin when they start to say whether they're in or out. Let me tell you where I am. I too think you've done a great job. Um, I think you've done a great job, clearly, you know, against all odds, which... You've done a great job against all odds. If you do something against all odds, it means when it's, you know, when the the probability of you doing it is low meaning you've done it despite very very difficult and adverse circumstances so she did it against all odds which is absolutely fantastic but here's my blunt and honest truth here is my blunt and honest truth to you you i'm not going to beat theo's offer 
I'm not going to beat Theo's offer. She actually kind of says, I'm not going to beat Pete Theo's offer because she makes a slight mistake when she speaks. Uh, I'm not going to beat Theo's offer. And therefore, I'm not going to waste your time making you one. I hope that you're going to do very well out of this, Kirsty. But I'm afraid it's not going to be with me on board. I hope that you're going to do very well out of this, but I'm afraid it's not going to be with me on board. Again, we're all on board, different things. So thank you very much. But I'm out. Thank you very much. Kirsty, on the, just focus now on your, on your business. So this is Peter Jones now uh, saying, Kirsty, let's focus on your business. So where do you want to take it? Where do you, you would love to see this product in every shop. Yeah. I don't know whether you came across Reggae Reggae Sauce or Levi Roots. Yeah, he's And great. I was behind him and it was done with Sainsbury's and then we opened it out to everybody. But they really got behind it because they not only loved the product, they saw the whole story. And I, I think you've got a very similar situation here. Okay, so Peter is talking about a previous um, entrepreneur who came into Dragon's Den. His name was Levi Roots, and he's a reggae musician, also a chef who made a special recipe of um, jerk sauce, a barbecue sauce, uh, which he used to sell at the Notting Hill Carnival. And he came into the den to try and get investment for his source business. And they all, and uh, it was a great success. He played a song on his guitar and stuff. And uh, Peter Jones invested and uh, Levi Roots became extremely famous and successful. And I used to buy his reggae reggae sauce from Tesco's uh, opposite my flat. And uh, he even got his own cooking show on TV and he launched lots of books and things. So it was a big success. So he's saying that uh, people really embraced that. They really got behind it. And because they didn't just like the product, they also um, really saw the story behind it. So he thinks it would be a similar case with Kirsty. So basically, you know, Peter Jones is doing this, doing a bit of a sales job on Kirsty at this point saying, you know, you see what I did with Levi Roots? See that amazing success that we had? I think we could do a similar thing with with you, so he's kind of pulling her in here. You could be the the frozen dessert version of Levi Roots. For that reason, I'd like to make you an offer for the full amount that you were asking for, 65,000, but I only want 25% of the company. Okay, remember that Theo's offer was a 100,000 for 40%, which roughly translates at um, 26% for um, uh, uh, 65,000, even though that doesn't really work, that analogy, because he's still going to get 40, and she's going to have this extra 35,000 floating around that she doesn't know what to do with. Uh, so this is a better offer. It's the price, it's the amount she wants. You've got uh, Peter Jones on board, and he wants 25%, which is not bad, actually. That's actually, a, that's actually good, considering how much they could do with this. But let's see what goes on. The young entrepreneur now has two very different offers. Will James Kahn enter the fray? Will James Kahn enter the fray? The fray is kind of like, um, um, like almost like the battle, the, the, the battlefield um, sort of thing. Um, a situation of intense and competitive activity. There you go. I always think of it as like a battle or a fight. Uh, but it's basically just a intense competitive activity. So, yeah, a battle or a fight. Like, you can imagine where in front of a stage at a, a heavy metal uh, concert, you might get like a mosh pit and you could say, you know, to enter the fray in the in the mosh pit or any kind of 
fight or maybe like a uh, in a game of rugby you know anyway to uh, enter the fray who's entering the fray james Kahn. entrepreneur now has two very different offers will james Kahn enter the fray kirsty you've had two really good offers and still another dragon to go it's great to see a 24 year old doing what you're doing so let me wish you every success but you're not going to need my offer so i'm out thank you jane pleasure so James, in his charming way, says that uh, he's already got two offers on the that she's already got two offers on the table, and so you know she's not going to need another offer from him. So basically, it means that he's not prepared to make a better offer uh, than than the ones that are already on the table. So he's out. So Kirsty, that leaves me at the moment. <coughs> All right, this is that Duncan Bannatyne, right? No, he's from Glasgow, and this is a terrible, terrible Glasgow accent, right? It's more like a Duncan Bannatyne accent than a true Glasgow accent but he sort of sounds like this he's a bit gruff and slightly uh, sounds slightly moody like he could just uh, take your head off at any second Rawr! this is Duncan Bannatyne we haven't heard from him yet he's my favourite dragon him and Theopophetus are my favourites and, De- and Deborah Meaden anyway let's uh, wish you every success but you're not going to need my offer so I'm out thank you James. let's hear what Pleasure. Duncan Bannatyne's got to see so, Kirsty, that leaves me at the moment. Um, I don't think Theo's offer is worth considering because it's great in retail, but this is about getting into supermarkets, which is very, very different. Sorry, what? <laughs> Let's listen to that again. <laughs> so, Kirsty, that leaves me at the moment. So, Christy, that leaves me at the moment. So, Christy, that leaves me at the moment. So, Christy, that leaves me at the moment. Um, I don't think Theo's offer is worth considering. Because- I don't think Theo's offer is worth considering. I don't think Theo's offer is worth considering. I don't think Theo's offer is worth considering. Because he's great in retail, but this is about getting into supermarkets. Which- but he's, he's great in retail, but this is about getting into supermarkets. <laughs> I can't do the accent, I'm sorry. He's great in retail, but this is about getting into supermarkets. This is about getting into supermarkets. Which is very, very different. But what I'll do is, I'll match Peter's offer. What I'll do is, I'll match Peter's offer. He's going to match Peter's offer. All right. By the way, Duncan, uh, not Duncan, yeah, Duncan Bannatyne made lots of money in casinos and health clubs and stuff. But originally, when he was a teenager, he made, he got rich first by selling ice creams. So he was known as the king of the 99, which a, a 99 is a typical kind of ice cream that you get in England. It's kind of like a uh, soft uh, white vanilla ice cream with a, a 99 flake chocolate stuck in it. So he made all his money originally by making ice cream. So actually, he could be an interesting one for Kirsty to to work with. Sixty-five thousand for 25%. But anyway, uh, Duncan is matching Peter's offer. But what I'll do is I'll match Peter's offer. Sixty-five thousand for 25%. Okay. All right, so she's got two identical offers from two dragons on the table. Uh, now she has to decide which one she's going to go with. Is it going to be smooth and slick, uh, uh, charming... Uh, Peter Jones with his history with reggae reggae sauce, or is it going to be the gruff, no nonsense Glaswegian Duncan Banatane with his background in ice cream seals? I'm going to be straight with you, Kirsty. We're going to make millions of pounds <laughs> with your product with the worst Glaswegian accent ever recorded on any device ever. I have a think about it, if you like. Have a think about it. So she, With three dragons willing to invest, 
Kirsty must now choose between the higher cash offer from Theo Pafitis or the lower equity demands from his two rivals. So Kirsty's gone off to the other end of the room to have a bit of a think. So who would you choose, ladies and gents? Would you choose Peter Jones on the right or the Scottish Duncan Ballantyne on the left? English Peter Jones with his, uh, with his tanned skin and his white teeth? Or would you choose uh, Scottish Duncan Bannatyne with his tan skin and his white teeth? They are all millionaires after all. Let's see what Kirsty chooses in Series 8 of Dragon's Den. Okay. I, th- I don't want to give 40% away, but thank you very much for your offer, Theo. Really appreciate it. I wish you the best of luck. Thanks. So I don't know now. So she's like, I don't want to give 40% away, so thanks, Theo, but no thanks. And he says, I wish you the best of luck. Really appreciate it. I wish you the best of luck. Thanks. So I don't know now. I'm really confused now because I know that you're both brilliant, but I know that with your ice cream background and, and Peter's retail and Levi Roots and success that you've had with him, then... I think it's both, you're both ideal to help me. So I don't really know what to do now. Um. All right, so she's obviously stuck between the two. I don't know why she's not negotiating. I would have, I mean, it's not possible for her to say, look, you know, I've come in asking for, offering 15%, and, you know, you haven't come across any particular holes in my business plan, I think. Uh, I've worked for years uh, on this and I've put lots into it. I think 25% is just more than I'd like to give away at this stage. Would any of you be willing to uh, move and go to 20% and see if one of them went for 20%? I don't know why she doesn't negotiate. You see this happen all the time in in Dragon's Den. They don't negotiate at the end. But I mean, still, 25% is a pretty good offer. But which one's she going to go for? So at this point, Peter and Duncan are both looking at each other with like little smug grins on their faces as if they're thinking about something. Uh, and it's almost like they're kind of sharing a moment. Duncan is, is, is rubbing his nose with his finger. Is that a little sign to Peter? Do they seem to be communicating with each other? What's going on? Kirsty, if we raise it to 30%, so we got 15% each... And I would be more than happy to share it with Duncan if that's something Duncan would accept. Yeah. Okay. All right. Do you know what's going on? So he's saying if we raise it to 30% and we have 15% each, you can have us both. And that means that basically, like, um, like Peter will get 15, Duncan will get 15, Kirsty gets 65,000. So that's what, 32,500 from each, from both of the dragons. And that's it. But she's giving away 30% of her business. She gets two dragons. Is this a good deal? Is this a good deal? It's not bad, actually, really. I mean, it's, it's, it's worse than... I think she could have got a better deal, considering how strong her business plan is. I think she should have tried to negotiate. She could have walked out with 25%, 30%, but two dragons, you see. That's the good thing. She gets the advice and uh, mentorship... Kind of. I'm not sure they, they're that hands-on. But they'll certainly be there to help with contacts and advice and stuff. It's not a bad deal. Especially if they make quite a lot of money. Because 70% of quite a lot of money is still quite a lot of money, isn't it? Um, well, you may 
I'd really like to work with both of you and that would be ideal. So thank you very much. I'd really like to accept your offers. Thank you very much. I'd really like to accept your offers. So yay, she made a deal and uh, they're going to shake hands on it and pop open a bottle of champagne. Kirsty's done it. After an emotional experience in the den, she walks away with two well-connected dragon investors. Well, excited, Duncan. I'm, I'm looking forward to showing you how you can make real money out of ice cream. Oh, you see what Peter did there? Little little dig at Duncan, little little joke there on Duncan's at Duncan's expense. Well, I'm excited, Duncan. I'm excited, Duncan. He says. I'm I'm looking forward to showing you how you can make real money out of ice cream. I'm looking forward to showing you how you can make real money out of ice cream. This is how sort of millionaire investors like to have fun between meetings. There's a little interview with Kirsty, which I think we can listen to now. As we see on the video, lots of shots of piles of £50 notes. Well, very well done, Kirsty. Are you pleased with your new business partners? Very pleased, yeah. Now, you couldn't make up your mind between Duncan and Peter. In the end, you went for both of them, but you did pay a price. You had to give away more of the equity. I I was prepared for that, and I I went in there really wanting Duncan and Peter. So, Oh, she went in there really wanting Duncan and Peter. But no, apparently she was prepared for it. So maybe that was all part of the plan that she went, you know, she said 15%, but she was prepared to go to 30. And it seems like she got what she wanted, which is the two dragons who specialised in her area, as it were. When that was an offer, then I just couldn't refuse it. Definitely not. It was worth the extra 5%. (laughs) It's worth it, she said. Worth the extra 5%? Well, from 25%, I suppose. Well, I'm sure there are lots of other young mums who are inspired by your story. All the very best of luck. Thank you very much. There you go, ladies and gents. So that was uh, one example of a pitch from Dragon's Den, the UK version, uh, season eight, episode one. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, And I might do another one in which I go through maybe a couple of other pitches, which you can also um, find in series eight, episode one. Uh, But let me know. I mean, would you like me to do that? I mean, there are two other pitches. One of them is a total disaster. Like, it's classic Dragon's Den. I mean, what you just heard there is a very successful and very good pitch on the show. Not every pitch is like that. In fact, often the most entertaining ones are the ones that are complete car crashes, complete disasters, where someone comes in with a terrible business idea and they attempt to pitch it and it's a total train wreck and the dragons really pull the person to pieces. Uh, So there's one of them and there's another one which involves the dragons kind of arguing with each other and things get a bit heated. So if you'd like to do, if you'd like me to do one more of these, uh, do let me know and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll do that. Um, Okay. All right, then. Nice one. That's it, then. Thank you so much for listening. I'll speak to you again on the podcast soon. A couple of other little bits. If you are on the website, subscribe to the mailing list. If you're listening to this on YouTube, then subscribe to my channel. Hit the bell notification uh, button to get uh, notifications of new episodes and videos. And also like the video as well, please. That helps to boost the video in things like recommended views. And leave a comment on the video as well, leaving your thoughts. Um, If you are listening to this on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, then consider... Well, if, if you haven't subscribed, then you can do that on 
all those good podcasting bits of software out there. And you could consider leaving a review for Luke's English Podcast on iTunes or the Apple Play Store, the Google Play Store, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts from. Uh, a nice review is also very healthy for the podcast because it helps boost the profile of my podcast on those platforms. And also you can consider getting my app, which is free, Luke's English Podcast app uh, from uh, for iOS devices and Android devices. And also Luke's English Podcast Premium, which you can find out about at teacherluke.co.uk slash premium. That's it for this episode. I'll speak to you again uh, in the next one, but do let me know what you think about these Dragon's Den episodes that I've done. Uh, I'm always interested in your feedback. Uh, But for now, it's just time to say goodbye. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.